Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 207 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I'm so excited to be connecting with you and your earbuds this week. And I'm also really excited about today's topic. And I'm actually shocked that I have not done a dedicated episode to talking about what a healthy versus unhealthy relationship looks like. Now, I know this comes up a lot in the coaching episodes that I do on the podcast, but I realize that I don't have an episode where you can just literally listen and run down the list yourself and discern whether or not the relationship you're in right now or might be in in the future or were in the past is, you know, one you would consider healthy or unhealthy. You know, when you've only experienced unhealthy relationships, sometimes it can be hard to know what is quote unquote normal or what is accepted and unacceptable behavior. So I hope this episode really helps you to do that. But before we get there, I just want to thank you so much if you've left a rating and review on my podcast. It really helps me to grow the show, and it's one of the best ways that you can show your support for this show. So if you haven't left me a rating or review, please do that over on iTunes, Stitcher. I think you can do it on Spotify. Maybe not. But wherever you listen, it really, really helps. So all you do is if you're on iTunes or in iTunes, scroll down when you're on the main page of this podcast, and you'll see some stars eventually, tap the stars. And then if you have an extra 30, 60 seconds, I would be so grateful for a review. It really helps me to know what you love about the show so I can do more of it. Because like I always say, I create this show for you, not for me. 
And finally, if we haven't connected ever on Instagram or email, please do that. I would love to hear from you. And fun fact is a lot of the women who end up on my podcast are actually people who have reached out to me over Instagram or email. They often send a question or just share their situationship with me and say, what do you think or what should I do? And while I can certainly answer quick questions over DMs or email, it's actually really hard for me to coach. And actually, I don't coach in that forum just because I don't know you. I don't know all the situation. Like, it's just not a great place to do that. So I often will say, Hey, this is a great question. I would love to support you. How do you feel about coming onto the podcast? And sometimes they're like, Oh my God, no. Ah. <laughs> but often they do. And we have some really, really great conversations. So this is not to say that if you reach out to me, I'm going to guilt you to coming onto my podcast. Definitely not the case. I would love to hear from you either way. Even if you don't have a specific question or situationship you want to share with me, I would just love to know a little bit more about you and what you love about the show and how I can support you. So again, on Instagram, I'm Veronica E. Grant, or you can head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash contact and send me an email there. All right. So let's talk about the warning signs of an unhealthy relationship. Now, I hear from a lot of you that you've never been in a healthy relationship before, or the home that you grew up didn't exhibit any kind of healthy relationship behaviors. And so you're not even sure you know how to do it, if you're even able to do it. And a lot of you believe that that is in itself a block that you have from getting into the kind of relationship that you want to be in. Now, again, I'm going to give you some signs before we get there. I want to reframe this a little bit because I don't think it's necessarily like a correct logical train of thought that, oh, because you've never been in a healthy relationship or never seen a healthy relationship, it means that you have an uphill battle or you have to learn something or you don't know what to do. Because when you're in an unhealthy relationship, you're probably performing in some kind of way. You might be trying to please, you might be trying to fix the other person or the relationship all the time. You might be carrying some persona that you've identified within the relationship, or you might be trying to act a certain way in order to feel lovable or to get attention or validation from your partner. So in other words, there's a lot of performing going on and that does take skill and that does take learned behaviors. And it's also really exhausting and tiring to live your life like that and to be in relationship like that. And so when that's your mindset or when that's your awareness of what it's like to be in relationship and you're like, okay, but how do I do all that in a healthy way? That's where it becomes an incorrect logical way of thinking because in a healthy relationship, you're not performing, right? Like you're not pleasing, you're not trying to fix the other person or the relationship, you're not acting a certain way in order to be lovable or good enough or whatever it is. You're more just being in the relationship. Now, I know that can come with complications around being vulnerable and you know, trusting yourself and opening yourself up to the right person and to the right relationship. And that's a whole other story, right? But I just want you to see that when you're in a healthy relationship, it's not like you have to learn this whole new set of skills that you learn to be in the unhealthy relationship. And we'll talk about this in a minute, but the skills that I'm talking about when I refer to that in an unhealthy relationship, they're skills that you learned as a child, most likely, and you might have grown some of those skills or acquired some new skills as you've been in 
you know, various relationships in adulthood. So what I mean by that is if you learned that it's better to walk on eggshells when you were younger so that you wouldn't upset mom or dad if they had a temper or any anger issues, then that's a skill that you learned. You learned how to walk on eggshells. And if that is something that never got addressed or that core wound never got healed, then you're likely going to be attracting relationships and in relationships where you're also walking on eggshells. So you don't ask for what you want and you're more like in this pleasing or fix it kind of behavior. So that's what I mean by learning skills. So these are not necessarily skills that you want, but they certainly are skills that you learn through the course of your lifetime. So let's just stop the belief that just because you've never been in a healthy relationship doesn't mean that you don't know how to be. Because I think you do know how to be because you're just being. And on some level or in some way or in some parts of your life, either with yourself or with maybe some friends or maybe a child, if you have a child or someone in your life, there's probably someone that you're able to just be with. And again, that might only be with you, but you're still being with yourself. Like you're just not trying to perform or please or act in any way, you're just being. And that's ultimately the foundation of a healthy relationship. Because if you can't just be in a relationship, then really what's going on in the relationship, right? There's something else totally else going on that's probably not super desirable. Now, one more thing before I go through some of the warning signs is I want to define what I mean by unhealthy relationship. So of course, I'm definitely referring to any kind of abuse in a relationship that certainly can be physical abuse, but that is also going to be on a whole other level where you're going to want to get more than just a coach or a therapist involved. You might need to get some authorities involved and, you know, other folks to support you and leaving the relationship and giving yourself the support that you need. But I'm certainly referring to physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse. Susie Orman talks a lot about financial abuse. I love that woman. Highly recommend her podcasting. It's called Women and Money. And that's like her huge passion, I think, that she's adopted later in her career. Anyways, okay, other ways I'm defining unhealthy relationships is relationships that feel up and down or just emotionally all over the place. So like one day, it's like amazing, great, passionate, love, da, da, da. And then the next day or two days later, it can just feel like the pits, like either you're in a fight or it just feels like you don't have any security in the relationship or you don't know what's going to happen or not going to happen or whatever it is. So it just feels emotionally all over the place. I also think a relationship where you fight a lot, that's obviously going to be what I would call an unhealthy, toxic kind of relationship. And what does a lot mean? Well, I say generally, if it's more than 25 to 30% of the time, that's not great. I think I've seen some other relationship experts say about 20% of the time is a normal, healthy range for arguing and fighting. And of course, we can even get even more detailed about what does arguing and fighting look like. But generally, if about 80% of your relationship is good, then I think that's fine too. I also believe that relationships can ebb and flow. Like sometimes you can just be kind of in a rocky period where it feels like you're fighting half the time or even more than that. And I don't think that necessarily means that's an unhealthy relationship because then there can be other times where you're just in a flow, you've made some good progress in your relationship and you're only fighting like five to 10% of the time. I would say actually that's my rhythm with my relationship with CV. Sometimes we're just like in a really rocky place where it just feels like we're only fighting and that's all we're ever doing. And then usually that forces us, okay, we need to like have a conversation. There's something deeper going on. And then we have the conversation and then we can move into a place where we're not really fighting at all. And then, you know, that can fall off just if life gets busy or 
stressful or whatever, and then it can get rocky again, and then we grow. So that's kind of the rhythm of my relationship. I think a lot of relationships go that way. Of course, that's not the gold standard at all. But if you feel like it's just always fighting, always just bickering, always just kind of acting like Victoria F and Pilot Pete from The Bachelor of the Season, then that might, you know, be a relationship that you don't want to stay in. So let's get started with the next part of this episode where I'm going to walk you through some signs and things to look out for to know whether or not you're in an unhealthy or healthy relationship. So number one, if you feel like you can't share your beliefs, your needs, your desires, your boundaries, your values, whatever it is, it's never worth it to be in a relationship like that. And that can definitely be a sign that you might be in an unhealthy relationship. Now, I want to preface this with saying, if you're nervous to share this, because it feels scary to be vulnerable, and it feels scary to put that out there, that doesn't mean you're an unhealthy relationship. That means you're just on a growth edge, and you might need to ask for something or say something in order to feel satisfied or fulfilled or safe or secure, whatever it is, and the relationship. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's an unhealthy relationship. But if you feel like you can't say something without being judged or without being made wrong or ridiculed or anything like that, like that is never worth it. And it's always a sign of an unhealthy relationship. And I really speak in absolutes, but it's just not worth being in a relationship like that because there are better, healthier relationships out there, which obviously you deserve to be in. Hey there, I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you know about a brand new free workshop I've created. It's called the five step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life. So you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. In the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, the number one reason why successful women specifically struggle in love, and of course, what to do about it, and how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life. And of course, so much more. If you like my style, my philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, you're going to love this workshop. I teach you the why and how behind a lot of what I do while even digging a bit into the science of love so you can begin to see real change in your own love life. It's really all of my best work in one place, and you can access the free workshop right now. You don't have to spend years in therapy or read every damn book in the self-help aisle to dramatically transform your love life. If you feel like you have it all but love, this is 100% for you. So grab your free seat at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. So it is always worth it to speak up. And I know speaking up can feel really scary, but sometimes it can be really unclear. Like, okay, am I in a relationship where I can ask for my boundaries or ask for what I need or share something I believe or share a value or whatever it is. And sometimes we don't really want to ask for it or say it because we think we might be judged or we might be rejected or whatever it is. And yeah, sometimes you might say it and you might absolutely be judged or you might absolutely be rejected, but it's never a waste of time and you can never lose because either you're going to say what you need to say, or you're going to ask for what you need to ask for. And you're going to get a response that is favorable, that is open, and that is willing to accept whatever you have to say, or follow through on the ask or whatever it is. And that's going to feel really good, because then you can move to the next level of the relationship, or it's not going to go the way you want it to go. And then you have the information that you need to very decisively make a choice about the relationship, which hopefully would be to leave the relationship, but you can also just have the choice. Okay, so this person doesn't accept this part of me or isn't willing to follow through on this thing that I need. And the choice really comes back down to you. Am I going to accept this or am I not? And depending on what it is, it might be something that 
you know what, I thought it was important, but it's really not. And sometimes it might be something you're like, yeah, I'm not compromising on that. But again, if there's any kind of judgment or making you feel wrong or anything like that, that's always going to be a relationship that you don't want to be in because not everyone has to agree with everything that you believe. They don't have to like everything that you like, but there does need to be a level of acceptance there. And if there's not a level of acceptance, that's a really big problem in a relationship. The next thing that I think you have to look out for is physical intimacy without emotional safety. Now, physical intimacy without emotional safety, that's not necessarily a problem in of itself, right? Because sometimes you just want a nice hookup or you want that friends with benefits situation. But it's risky business unless you're on the exact same page. So if you're on the exact same page with someone and you're like, this is just sex and it is nothing more than sex and we are just going to have fun and that is all we are doing, then you go on with your bad self and you have your physical intimacy without emotional safety. But if you're in a relationship with someone or in a kind of sort of relationship with someone and you want it to be more, you want it to take it to the next level you want that person to love you or to be with you, and you're having any kind of physical intimacy without that emotional safety, meaning that is that person there for you? Do they really care for you? Do they care about your feelings, your needs, your desires, your values, all of those things? If those things aren't in place and you're having sex and you want more than just sex, that's going to be a really, really dangerous place to be in. So we're going to talk more about sex and attraction in just a moment. But before we get there, I just want to share that I think this is completely normal behavior. And I think a lot of us do that, even if we don't really think of ourselves as one as often being in, you know, an unhealthy relationship. But I can think of quite a few men that I dated in my past, where I really was into them, I really, really liked them. And I really wanted them to feel the way I felt about them. And I just thought, okay, we'll just have sex and we'll hang out and I'll be available and I'll spend Friday and Saturday nights with them. And eventually we'll just naturally land into a relationship or they won't be able to resist not being in a relationship with me. And it never, ever works like that. It'll always lead to heartbreak. It'll always lead to emotional pain and a lot of tears. And it can also lead to some manipulation. I think I was definitely in some ways manipulating these guys because I really wanted it to be more than sex. And so I would just kind of say certain things, try to get them to, you know, want to go in that direction thinking, okay, next step is a relationship. So it's just not healthy. It's not a great place to be. Again, if you want to have sex, and it's just sex, and you're on the exact same page, then have fun. But if you're not on the same page, or you secretly want more than just sex, that's going to be really, really dangerous, unhealthy place to be, where you can definitely and probably will get hurt. Okay, another sign of an unhealthy relationship, and this might be a little more difficult to decipher on your own, but I think you can, especially if you have a lot of self-awareness, which I know a lot of my listeners do. So Ken Page, who was one of the guest speakers in my summer love school program that I did last year, he talks about this idea of attraction deprivation. And I really like that phrase. I usually call it scratching each other's itch. He has a fancier term, attraction to deprivation. But basically, it's when you are attracting someone who is based on a core wound or a void that you have, and you want them to fill that void. So for example, very, very simple example is you didn't get the love you wanted from your dad. And you felt like you were always trying to make good grades or clean or just be a really good girl to quote unquote, perform to get his attention to get his love. And now you find yourself doing the same thing because he left this dad shaped void in your life. And you want that void desperately to be filled. And so unconsciously, you're going out into the world as an adult, looking for people who have similar mannerisms, behaviors, even looks potentially to your dad. And that's unconsciously triggering this part of you that wants to fill that void 
And so you end up in the same relationships where you feel like you have to perform and please and do all these things in order to earn his love or his attention or his approval or his validation. So obviously, those relationships are always going to be in an unhealthy dynamic. And if you know you're in a relationship like that right now, I think it's really, 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 really hard, if not impossible. I don't like to speak in absolutes that much, but I think it's very, 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 very difficult to resolve those kind of relationships while you're still in the relationship. So remember, if you are attracting someone based on your voids, your core wounds, they're attracting you based on whatever their core wound is too. And it just happens to be two voids that fit together like a pretty little puzzle piece, right? And so that's why a lot of times those relationships can feel like really, really amazing and then like really awful the next day once the puzzle pieces wiggle a little bit. Then you get back into place and it feels really, really, really amazing. And then kind of gets off out of place and it can feel really awful and toxic and all of those things. So that kind of relationship, you know, a lot of times people want to try to resolve those through going to couples counseling and couples therapy. And look, I'm always open to miracles, but I think for the most part, those kinds of relationships have to end. Each person has to clean up their own side of the street. And then maybe afterwards, you can see if there's any possibility of rekindling the relationship, but you can't go into going through that process thinking, okay, when we're over with all of this healing and growth, then we're going to see if we can you know, rekindle the relationship like that has to be, you have to be completely unattached to that particular outcome because ultimately you're doing this work for you and not the partner or the relationship itself. So those kinds of relationships are always, always going to be very unhealthy. And it may not be like an actual void that you're feeling. Another way that it can look like is if you're trying to, or just repeating old behavior. So if you saw your mom or your dad behave in certain ways, either with you or just in general, or with their partner, then you might also just be repeating those behaviors because that's what you know. And then that can create a way in which you attract someone who is also familiar with those kinds of behaviors. And usually it's probably going to be another unhealthy kind of behavior, which just creates unhealthy dynamic and can create one of those attractions of deprivation or scratching each other's itch, so to speak, kind of relationships. So here's some other big signs that you might be in one of those kind of relationships. So I talked about if it feels really, really good one day and then really, really, really off the next day. Another big sign is the chemistry. And I'm talking physical chemistry. If the physical chemistry feels just like it's off the charts, like it almost feels like a drug, like you've got to have it like right now. That's a really, really big sign that this is one of those kinds of relationships. And this I know always throws off a lot of the women that I work with because they're like, wait, Veronica, are you saying I can't have passion or I can't have chemistry in my relationships? And of course, I want you to have passion and I want you to have chemistry. And those things are really important in a relationship. But that A, doesn't make compatibility at all. And B, I do think that there is such thing as a healthy chemistry, a healthy passion versus an unhealthy passion and unhealthy chemistry. So that chemistry, that passion that feels almost like that drug, like you've got to have it, you're really attached to it. That's going to be more in the unhealthy camp where a passion that feels really, really good, but it feels like yeah, I can put that right there. And like, it's there for me. I don't need it right now, but like, it's there. And I love that it's there. And I'm gonna, you know, it just feels like more of a, it's just a more healthy dynamic. I'm trying to think of like a metaphor or an example I can put onto it. But it just feels like, yeah, I love it, but it doesn't feel like you need to have it right now. It doesn't have like that drug like quality to it. And finally, the last way to know if you're in that kind of relationship is if someone claims to have emotions deeper than how well they know you. And I know this is where a lot of women in my community get tripped up because 
you want someone who has the romance and you want to be wined and dined and treated amazingly. And you should be treated amazingly. I'm not saying you shouldn't have that experience with someone you are in a relationship with. However, sometimes it can be a little over the top and the intensity can far outweigh how well they actually know you. And it can also outweigh how well they're actually getting to know you, right? Like I'm not interested in them like being this nice person that's buying you flowers and doing all these things, but how well are they actually taking the time to get to know you? And if they're not really doing that, then that's a huge sign that it's one of these attraction of deprivation relationships or scratching, you know, each other's itch because there's something about you that's filling a void for him. And because you have some sort of void around not feeling good enough or not feeling pretty enough or not feeling, you know, whatever it is, then And that kind of behavior is going to be able to slide right in there and feel really good for that moment. But then, of course, it's going to probably just as quickly blow up in your face because that kind of facade can't last forever because that's what it is. It's a facade. There's not actually anything deeper beyond, you know, all of the nice gestures. So to wrap up this episode, I'm just going to rapid fire go through a few other things that I want to list out. I'm not going to provide too much commentary. They're fairly straightforward. But of course, as always, if you do have more questions, you know where to find me Instagram Veronica E. Grant or email veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. So the next thing is someone makes you feel like you owe them time, sex, vulnerability, things like that. Any kind of controlling or jealous behavior. So anything around like where you're spending your time, your phone usage, who you're spending time with, any kind of male friends that you might have and the other person's like, no way, all of that kind of stuff, jealous behavior, controlling behavior, zero tolerance in my opinion. Like it's not even worth a conversation. Like that is just totally unacceptable behavior that I don't want anyone to tolerate. Another thing is putting any kind of wedges between yourself and your friends and family. So if they are trying to pit you against your friends and family, trying to make them seem like they're someone that they're not or that they're wrong and that he's right and everyone just doesn't like him and out to get him, big problem. Obviously, any kind of gaslighting. And for those of you who don't know the definition, gaslighting is when someone makes you think that something that they did wrong is actually your fault. So... If you watch The Bachelor, <laughs> Sweetie Petey, who I cannot even call Sweetie Petey anymore because the season's so terrible, but our pilot Pete and Victoria F., she is gaslighting him all the freaking time. So basically, she, you know, sometimes comes into the relationship and is not really behaving that nice. And so he gets upset and then she blames it on him that he's just in a mood. That was this last week's episode. So that kind of behavior is gaslighting. Again, zero tolerance just as quickly as you can and get yourself out of that relationship. And then of course, any kind of belittling you, guilting you or sabotaging you. None of this is normal. And you don't have to put up with this. You don't have to make excuses. You don't have to have conversations around how he's going to change or grow or whatever. Nope, nope, nope. It is zero tolerance in my book. And I just want to end this with saying, if you're in an abusive relationship, I really, really urge you to please reach out for help. You can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7233. And I believe that number works for the U.S. and I think Canada. I'm not sure about Canada, but I tried Googling and I couldn't get a straight answer. But that made me kind of think that it would work for Canadians. If you are outside of the U.S. and Canada, I don't have a number for you, but I think a quick Google search hopefully should take you to some kind of source that can help. 
And whether your last relationship was abusive or unhealthy, I just want you to know that the road back to trusting yourself and others can be a long road when you do it alone. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a long, hard road. That doesn't mean it's going to be a walk in the park, but it doesn't have to be this impossible path forward. There are others who can relate to your circumstances and there are people who can help. So doing it alone is likely playing out an old story around being not good enough or not worth it or believing that something is fundamentally wrong with you. Obviously, none of that is true. So one way or another, I really do urge you and encourage you to reach out for support. Okay, my dears, that is this week's episode. I hope you come connect with me over at veronicagrant.com forward slash contact or Instagram, Veronica E. Grant. And thank you so much for your ratings and reviews. And if you haven't left one, please do so. I really, really appreciate it. Until next week, talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.